Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. We are, I'm so excited to have you here, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. So if you don't have that version of the Bible, you can download the app for free at Blue Letter Bible or Bible Hub. But one of the things I want to point out to those of you who have been following, I don't know why I have forgotten to point this out, the Blue Letter Bible app is amazing. You can click on each verse as you go, and you yourself can see the original Hebrew words. Now, if you don't read Hebrew like I do, and you're like, well, how would that help me? They have a transliteration there, so you can... Uh, now, I, I will point this out. The person who pronounces the words does not always do so accurately. I have um, clicked on some of the little sound buttons sometimes just to see what he said, and you can tell he's not, he doesn't speak Hebrew, <laughs> but I don't mean that as a put down. It's just, just be cautious. It's not always how it's pronounced, but they do a really, they do a really good job of giving the underlying definition and overall basic sound. So it's a really cool feature to have. And if you ever want to start studying Hebrew, that's another thing you guys can let me know. And perhaps there's a way we can do a podcast. There are some amazing podcasts out there, but they all they all require a basic understanding of Hebrew already. So I guess my thought is perhaps if you all would like to join on that venture together and we walk through starting with the alphabet, we start just with some basic words and go through. Just let me know if you're interested in that because that could really, I don't know, it could really add some enrichment to this program. And um, I, I have taught classes in person and I've given many people workbooks and study guides and, and stuff that um, I know will help them, but I don't, I, and I taught my son, well, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I would love helping you to learn Hebrew because as Zephaniah 3 says, we will all, he will restore that pure tongue and I can't wait. Okay, so let's begin reading. I pray God opens our eyes, ears, and hearts to his truth. Thank you, Father God. When Yahweh your Elohim has cut off the nations whose land Yahweh your Elohim has given you, and you dispossess them and dwell in their cities and in their houses. So isn't that cool? You didn't have to build their own house. My husband's a builder, and we've built one house for ourselves, and I said never again. <laughs> it's like, isn't, wouldn't it be nice to go to Israel? And there's already a house there. <laughs> but it's like Yahweh was giving it to them. You shall separate three cities for yourself in the midst of your land, which Yahweh your Elohim has given you to possess. You shall prepare roads for yourself and divide into three parts the territory of your land, which Yahweh or Elohim has given you to inherit, that any man slayer may fear, flee there. Okay, so get in, bear this in mind. They are separating the land into three sections, and there are roads on which people can travel to get to these three cities, which are going to be called cities of refuge. They're safe places in... Um, Think of it as a stronghold where the person who would be the kinsman redeemer, the avenger of blood, cannot chase you and kill you until you've had a fair trial, so to speak. So you are, if you accidentally kill somebody, for example, if you had a, if you, <clears throat> sorry, let's say you were stupid one night and got drunk and you killed somebody in a DUI. And so you would flee to the city. It was an accidental sin. It was still wrong. If you um, picked up an axe one day and the head flew off and it, killed somebody because of the blunt force trauma or uh, an incision or something happened from the axe head, then you would go to this city. It was accidental. 
Okay, so verse four. And this is the case of the manslayer who flees there, that he may live. Whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally, not having hated him in time past, as when a man goes to the woods with his neighbor to cut timber, and his hand swings a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies. He shall flee to one of these cities and live, which is the example I just explained to you. So spiritually, this will come into play a lot as well. I will literally have Yahweh lead me to this verse a lot. If someone, if I have accidentally hurt someone or if someone has accidentally hurt me and think about it in life. Sometimes you'll just say things that you don't mean one way, but somebody interprets it another way and it, so to speak, quote, kills them or hurts them. And so spiritually, the city of refuge represents Yahweh, going running to him. And I think it's kind of neat. There's three. Well, there's going to be more you're going to see, but three symbolizing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just that full truth of Yahweh. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Verse six. <clears throat> so you flee. You Okay, so he shall flee to one of these cities and live. Verse six. Lest the avenger of blood, while his anger is hot, pursue the manslayer and overtake him because the way is long and kill him, though he was not deserving of death, since he had not hated the victim in time past. So certain people get angry, and let's say if you're the avenger of blood, you're the one who's supposed to um, require the blood of your loved one at somebody's hands, then you, if you were angry, perhaps you would flee after the manslayer who accidentally killed your loved one and try to kill him, which would then bring blood upon your own hands because the person's not guilty of death because it was an accident. And I, I think that could happen. I've never been involved in a situation like that, but I'm assuming Sorry, you know me, I gotta have a drink of that fake coffee. <laughs> Did you know? Um, <clears throat> and I apologize for the constant clearing of my throat. I was watering right before Sabbath last night trying to get everything irrigated, and the cloud dust of the cloud of the grass pollen was so thick, I literally couldn't even believe it. I've never seen it, just looked like a big mass of dirt in the air. So. <laughs> I've got a lot of pollen. Um, anyway, we've, I've never experienced it, but I do, under, I do believe, like, for example, if somebody was drunk driving and had killed my son, I think the initial reaction that we're going to have to overcome is anger. Like, how could they? How could they? But as a godly, fearing person, we would have to work through that and give grace and mercy but that's why the city of refuge is here so that during that moment when the person is working through their emotions and they're just, they're not quick to react in the wrong way. So you go to the city and you're protected. Verse seven, therefore I command you saying you shall separate three cities for yourself. Now if you have, okay, and I want to, I want to point out the reason there are three cities is so that it was close enough for them to go to. I mean, this, the state of Israel is very small. And so D dividing it into three places meant you could get there feasibly to one of those cities. Verse 8. Now, if Yahweh Elohim enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers and gives you the land which he promised to give to your fathers, and if you keep all these commandments and do them, which I command you today to love Yahweh Elohim and to walk always in his ways, then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three, lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land, which Yahweh Elohim has given you as an inheritance, and thus guilt of bloodshed shall be upon you. Now, I do want to point out when Messiah returns, it says the borders of our land shall go all the way to the river Euphrates. So we are going to expand territory because we will be obeying Yahweh fully when Yeshua returns. 
verse 11. But if anyone hates his neighbor, lies in wait for him, rises against him and strikes him mortally so that he dies and he flees to one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the hand of the avenger of blood that he may die. Your eye shall not pity him, but you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel that it may go well with you. So this again, spiritually would be if you're, if you are purposefully angry at someone and you seek to get back at them, you're in trouble. That's wrong. If you hated them. And I, sadly, I know a lot of messianics who are, I, that, that song, Mean Girls, <laughs> it fits very fittingly. Um, it's sad, but it's true. We can't be mean, people. We can't be mean. We need to be forgiving and merciful. Sometimes you may need to walk away for a moment, regroup yourself, get um, you yourself, get in that safe place with God, Yahweh, speak to him, make him change your heart, beg him to change your heart, not make him. Um, wait until he changes your heart but continue in grace and mercy with the person. But per, first of all, I mean, you never kill somebody physically um, when hating, having hated them, but you definitely don't kill them spiritually either through hatred. You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which the men of old have set in your inheritance, which you shall in, will inherit in the land that Yahweh or Elohim has given you to possess. So they possessed the land by lots per family. The, the land was divided. You don't move those boundaries. One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. I do want to point out there are instances where there are false witnesses brought forth. Think of Naboth when um, Jezebel had, well, some of you, I haven't read the Bible, so I apologize. I reference these things throughout the Bible. But Naboth had a vineyard who King a, which King Ahab wanted. And he said, no, I'm not giving you my father's inheritance. And so Jezebel said, just take it, you're king. And so they killed him via false witnesses. Yeshua was also accused via false witnesses. Stephen was accused versus um, via false witnesses. So I personally have been accused via false witnesses. In fact, one person wasn't even there with the situation, and she has worked it up into such a trauma. Um, but she wasn't even there. But people, other messianics, believe these people. And so it's very careful <clears throat> that when you find witnesses against someone, that you bring both the guilty party and the witnesses, and they are all before you, and the witnesses must testify of what has been witnessed, which is why the woman at the well was not stoned. They weren't doing it according to Torah. So it's just very interesting. Also, don't listen to the word of one witness. Um, again, I see people do that all the time. Somebody comes to them, and speaks ill of somebody or says something, but they don't seek diligently to find out if it's true. And there's not two factual witnesses. Sometimes there's... <clears throat> I apologize. My alarm cut that one short. <laughs> so just make sure that you have two factual witnesses who... And, and I think it's only fair to have the person whom they're accusing there, which it would seem to be always the case in Israel, but that doesn't often happen in America. I'm the type of person, if I hear something about somebody, I go directly to them. Um, I know I've shocked some people with that, but I think it's a better solution. I don't want to believe lies, and I don't think it's fair to hear rumors behind people's backs. So um, I've had it happen where an employee told me something another coworker said, so I just drove right over to the coworker's house and said, this is what I heard. Is it true? So I think that's the better way to be. Test to see if it's true. Also give the person an, an opportunity to hear what's being said about them and 
to tell you their side because the Proverbs say, be careful because the first person who says their story seems right until you hear the other side. So just be careful to not be a false witness, to not listen to false witnesses because verse 16 says why. If a false witness rises against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both men in the controversy shall stand before Yahweh, before the priests and the judges who serve in those days. And the judges shall make careful inquiry. And indeed, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So you shall put away the evil from among you. So if you're a false witness, what you wanted to do to somebody else is going to be done to you. And those who remain shall hear and fear, and hereafter they shall not again commit such evil among you. It is evil to be a false witness. Do you hear that? Don't commit such evil. Your eye shall not pity. Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. If you remember from previous podcasts, the word there is under, eye under eye. So it's the word lachat in Hebrew. Or, um, so it's, this one is actually different. I'm sorry. As I'm speaking, I just went over to the to the Hebrew. This one actually is yad in yad. So they're saying equal equivalents. But where we read earlier in the Torah, if you remember, it was eye under eye, hand under hand, foot under foot. Meaning if you poked out somebody's eye, your eye was under the same judgment. So this one is just saying an equivalency. Use the word b, which um, can make, make an equivalency. So... This one really is basically eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. So as someone wants done, it must be done to them. Be careful that you are on the side of mercy, grace, truth, and love. Have a blessed day, everyone.